Welcome. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks. It's Jay Scott. Thank you for tuning in once again. It is our New Year's episode, and we figured we'd start a little new tradition this year. Um, and we're going to have the Festivus of Grievances in 2023. But before we get into that, just wanted to mention that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Great network of music-related podcasts, something for everyone's music taste to check out, including the official Metallica podcast. So check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. You can find Pantheon Podcasts at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as Pantheon Pods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as The Hook Rocks and all three of those platforms and threads. I just posted my first thread the other day. Now that I can use the desktop and I can do all that kind of stuff, I am much happier. So. I am totally ecstatic. So check out the Hook Rocks wherever you visit, whenever you visit those social media platforms. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow our podcast wherever you do listen. So you get the latest episodes right to your phone, as well as enjoying all the older episodes that we have. Close to 600. We'll be hitting 600 in the new year for sure at some point. But uh, yeah. Uh, had a lot of great episodes here to finish up the year. Haven't really done much recently. I know I just released the quarterly top 10 with my friend Chris Cordetti, who we always do four times a year, every year. So be on the lookout for our year-end review, where we combine all four of those episodes into one. Not every album that we ranked on the quarterly episode will be in the top 10, or I'm sorry, the top 20, 25 of the year-end. And also Bourbon House joined us as well as Jennifer Benson from Ignescent at the end of November and at the the beginning of December. But I took some time off, as I mentioned, in the quarterly podcast. I had a bit of a health issue that I'm still recovering from, but getting back at it, not one to sit still. I need to get up and move, and if I can do something a little bit, I'll go ahead and do it. So here we are with another podcast. Don't forget to write us a five-star review when you are done. We always appreciate the feedback. And we are welcoming back a friend of the show who's part of one of my favorite podcasts, the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. And that is Jason, who, as you know, whenever he does appear on the show, we we need a chaperone. We need someone to supervise. But no supervisor is here tonight, today, or in the afternoon, whenever you're listening. So you get to hear just the authentic, raw, uncensored 2023 Festivus of Grievances on the Hook Rocks. What's happening, Jason? How are you? I am wonderful, and I am so honored to be asked to do this tra- first traditional. Is it traditional once the first one? It can't be. It's the inaugural. The, first, the inaugural. Thank you. Yes. Festivus, airing of the grievances. And uh, I, you know what? I think I got a lot of grievances there, air. So, I, you know, I appreciate being on here. Well, yeah, that's why I figured. I knew you had a lot of grievances. I really didn't. I'm an angry man. I'm an angry, spiteful, hateful man. You are. I mean, seriously, I've hung out with this guy in Nashville, and I had to keep looking over my shoulder because I didn't know who he pissed off, wherever he went, because he's just an angry person. I am. I'm I'm kind of that guy. And and we don't have a chaperone. So, listen, I probably apologize ahead of time for whatever's going to come over this next 45 minutes to an hour. Well, I figured we'd talk about grievances that we have specifically or for the most part in the music business because we do cover music on our podcast. If we get into other things, which I'm sure we will, we'll definitely mention it. 
But I'm going to start off with my first point of aggravation, right? And I've mentioned this before. We did a Tales of the Douche episode a few years ago about loud talkers at concerts. Oof. I don't understand. Like, when you go to a movie, once the movie starts, the lights dim, the previews start, nobody talks, right? For the most part. There's always a couple jag bags. In but they the- get shamed out, rightfully right. so. You're at a concert, which is much louder than a movie, okay? How are you and why do you want to carry on a conversation when there's a band playing and you have to talk at the top of the lungs and you're getting about 40 to 60% of what the other person's saying, if that. I don't understand this. I don't. Like, it's so distracting to other people. It's like there's dinner before, there's drinks after. Have your conversation prior to the fucking show. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't either. And it's distracting for the people around you. And I've even even had artists or comment on that stuff. So again, why are you going to a live show if you have to make a conversation other than I love this shit song? I love this song. Right? What else are you gonna say, Jay? Yeah. Or that sounded phenomenal. Stuff like that. You know? Yes. Exactly right. So that is not the place to have a conversation. A loud bar, a loud concert, it's rude. You're taken away from the artist, you're taken away from the experience around you and if you get a beer poured on your head you deserve it i don't want to hear about your bunions i don't want to hear about your bowel movements i don't want to hear about your doctor appointment i don't want to hear what your doctor found underneath your testicles i don't care okay it's not my business first of all i'm here to enjoy a show and it's distracting i was at a rival sun show four or five years ago before the pandemic and while the show's going on, I hear people next to me talking, and I'm like the equivalent to like third row back. And people are talking, and I know the band had to be distracted. One woman is on the phone with her babysitter oh, while gosh. the show's going on, and she's yelling at her husband that she can't hear her babysitter. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, why would you think you could hear somebody on the phone? Leave, go to another room, concert. I can't hear her. I can't hear you. Well, I, gee, I don't know. Maybe because you're at a fucking rock concert. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're onto something. And then you got one woman FaceTiming somebody with her with her phone. You've got, I mean, it's just like, what the hell? Then another concert at the House of Blues, I think it was the year previous when we saw Rival Sons, there was this group of four at a table. We got a VIP table, me and my buddy. And this is before I started doing the podcast. And there was this group of four people talking obnoxiously loud during the show. And finally, I looked over because I had enough. And I usually, I'm not a confrontational person, but I won't avoid confrontation if I have to do it. So I look over, I'm like, hey, can you keep it down? And they're like, oh, sorry, man. So then instead of like respecting me, they come over to our table and trying to start a conversation with us. I'm like, I want you to keep, I don't want you to stop talking. I don't want you to come over here and include me in the conversation. (laughs) What is wrong with you people? So yeah, that's a big like, no, no. And if seriously, if you're one of those people that goes to a show and wants to have a conversation, I know we live in the me generation where everything's about the individual and everything's about you being the center of the universe. 
or the person being the center of the universe, just so you know that there are people next to you that want to rip your fucking throat out. Yeah. So if you want to have a conversation, why do you choose a show or go into the movie theater where the whole goal is not to talk and listen to other people? Right. Right. I, I don't get it. I don't. Those are great date spots for people that you just first meet because if things go poorly, now you're not forced to conversation. And if things go well, you have a great conversation to talk about after the show. Right. Right. And you might get a little nooky nooky. Who knows? And right. Exactly. So I'm with you. And let me build on that a little bit. You're talking about poor etiquette at concerts. I hate when I go to concerts and the people in front of you or around you, especially when it's a packed show, a gin admission show, when everybody's sitting together, when all they're doing is going back and forth, getting fucking drinks from the bar. Right. I I go to so many shows where this is a thing now where people constantly, the same people coming and going, getting drinks. Like, why? Just listen to the damn, damn music. A point taken. I was at the Marvelous Three show back in November in Chicago. That had to be great. Oh, absolutely phenomenal! Phenomenal show. Butch Walker, of course, is is the man. That made my top ten quarterly for quarter four. By the way, Jay, it did. It did. I was very impressed. You made me tear up a little bit. I was proud of you. And very I counted to ten. Ten. Ten choices. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah Go on about go on about drinking at concerts. All right, all right, I have trouble counting. But anyway, so I had to go to the bathroom during the show, and it was packed. It was oversold. It was way oversold. So, like, I'm navigating through this crowd of people, like, and it is literally asses to elbows. So I went to the bathroom, and I, as a respect to the people watching the show, I just stayed, like, up against the wall somewhere that were not, were not where my friends were at the yeah. time. And my friends at the end were like, dude, where'd you go? I'm like, there was no way I could ask people to move during this show. It just wasn't right. Like, just have some courtesy. Think about people. Not everything is about you. If you're one of those people that talks at a show, know that people are annoyed around you. And here's the thing. Like, if I'm a guy and I bring a a, a girl, a woman to a concert, and she tries talking to me, we're never going out again. Yeah. We're never yes. going out Yes. And and at least I'm never taking to our concert again. Never. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, honestly, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Nobody wants concert. to hear it. We pay good money. We pay good money to be there and listen to live music, not conversation. On the next list, Festivus list of grievances, what do you got? So I did make my list and I was very excited to make my list. So, you know, usually when there's grievances, there's a lot of emotion behind something. So I'm going to talk about something I'm very emotional about. Uh, my favorite band is the Black Crows. And I have a lot of grievances this year towards the Black Crows, Jay. A lot. And I grieve at, and I have grievances because I love. They disappointed me. So let me start number one on my list here. No new music. Supposedly, they had gone in the studio earlier in the year and recorded a bunch of songs Maybe up to 20 new songs, if the rumors are true, with George Aquilius. Um, We haven't heard hide nor hair of anything. No snippet, no sound, no blurb, you know, no Twitter, no Facebook, no threads, Jay. They made all this music. They got a big deal with going out on the Aerosmith with the tour and nothing, nothing came from them. 
and they should have at least teased us. Like a single or something? Single, 30-second snippet, something. Say, hey, coming in 2024, the album by the Black Crows. They haven't had a new one in 15 years, you know, with a little bit of something, something. You record all those songs. You're hyping all this stuff up. You're going on tour with Aerosmith, and then it's literally, literally radio silence. Well, maybe they want to wait till Aerosmith reschedules the tour. Is Air- <laughs> is that actually going to happen? What are the chances of Aerosmith getting back healthy enough to tour? Well, what was the long-term prognosis for Steven Tyler? Uh, it started like from like three months to six months to whatever. The dude's like 78 years old, like, and he tore his vocal He's not that old. He's not that old. How old is Stephen Tyler? How old do you think he is? I would say no older than 72. Probably 68, 69. Okay. Stephen Tyler, age. 75. So we split the difference. All right. Okay. Wow. Wow. This is pretty tough to come back from. Yeah. Will he fracture his larynx? Fractured his larynx, right? So you fractured, like, they the can't put his larynx in a cast. But anyway, how you record do, all this music. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. How do you fracture a larynx? If you're old or, you know, things become more fragile, you use that for 50, for gile. 60 Italian, years of your life. Let's use the Italian pronunciation for gile. Fragile. It's, yeah. it's a big gift. It's fragile. Um, a lot of... Drug and alcohol abuse probably didn't help, man, you know, helping his body hold up to this point. And he sings the early indications and reports from those shows where he sounded great and was really, really powerful and energetic. So I think you mix all those things together. It's a perfect recipe for a fractured larynx. What goes into a recipe of a fractured larynx? Drugs, cocaine, alcohol? Age. Age. Overuse. Overuse. How much overuse is, you know, a pinch? Yeah. Um, hmm. They weren't doing hour shows. I think they were, their sets were like two plus hours. Wow. So it's a lot. So no new music. So you've recorded all this stuff. No new music. No tour announcements. Okay. Now, granted, they were going out for this Aerosmith tour to do it. I get it. They had one-off dates in between some of those Aerosmith dates. They also canceled, but you would think there'd be some kind of indication too, going into 2024 of some live shows that will at least be coming out because you're supposed to be having a new record coming out. So nothing. We don't know when Aerosmith's going to be coming back. There's no indication of live music. I was having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours today, Matt Wake, and oh. we were talking about how the Black Crows may find themselves in a legacy act position yeah, where they're doing arenas because with the impending retirements of so many bands over the next five, six years, there's going to be a craving for rock music. And, you know, there's no Soundgarden or there's the original lineup isn't there. Same thing with Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana. Only Pearl Jam remains out of all those bands. Mm-hmm. They don't really tour as much as they, yeah. they, you know, they used to. It's got the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. Um, and you're going to have the Black Crows. 
you know, um, so you're going to have the Black Crows starting to get bigger tours, get bigger arenas because of the lack of bands that are going to be out there touring. That's an interesting take that you and Matt Wake have. They, they might, you're thinking they might be that gap filler. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stuff if that comes back to the grunge era is pretty shitty. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But right now, if that were to happen, they need to be in the public spotlight somehow. And in my first two bullet points under the crows for my grievances are going directly to things that aren't, are that they're not saying in the spotlight. You got this music recorded. What's the status? When's it coming out? You've lost a tour. Why aren't there other new dates that you're going to talk about playing with? And it, we're going to go to my third one with this too right now, Jay, is they're releasing weird box sets, man. The Southern Harmony Musical Companion Deluxe Edition box set just came out remastered. That is arguably their greatest record of all time. I think it's it's always in the top two or three amongst Crows fans. Even non-Crows fans love that record. They released this weird remastered box set where the B-sides they've released are stuff that Crows fans have had for years. They released a live in Houston concert. They took out pretty much all the non-Southern Harmony tracks to it. And this concert's been available forever. Uh, They sent out a booklet with it that pretty much whitewashes Steve Gorman, Mark Ford, Eddie, like key members of the band at that time out of it. And I don't understand what their approach they're doing with it. They're angering the longtime fans. And maybe they're trying to get casual fans with this. I don't know. But do they have a big enough market for casual fans? It's weird. That's a weird yeah. box set. I, I don't know if it has to do with developing new fans. I mean, I know Van Halen did the same thing several years ago with Michael Anthony. And they got a huge, huge blowback because of that. Rightfully so. And yeah, rightfully so. I mean, they took his image off of Van Halen one on the back. And that's what the Crows are doing. That's like the, so yeah, I I don't think that's a good move for any band to do. I mean, whether you still talk to these people or not, whether or not you're on good terms with these band members, they're still part of the history of the band and they're still, people love them, right? They're still names that the fans recognize. So you got to kind of bite the bull a little bit, swallow your pride, and, and let it be. But yeah, that's that's one of the ways just to annoy the fans. I mean, basically, the Slacks two Black Crows tours have just been the brothers and a bunch of other dudes. And those other dudes are phenomenal players. Don't get me wrong, but it's really not a Black Crows reunion. No. It's basically the Robinsons and three other guys. Yeah, that's right, right. So yeah, but you know, most people can get past that. Because let's face it, in most cases, the singer and the guitar player are the two most recognizable people. But when you take it a further, you know, a further step and whitewash the other members from any any mention on these remasters, I think that's when the fans get a little like, dude, this is so yeah. this is a bit of this is kind of BS. Yeah, and like I'm friends with the guys from State of America, even in David, and we they, we've got we've got a discussion group, and that's hardcore fans, and that's. A lot of the conversations been around that. And it breaks my heart because I love that band. Um, I think they got, they still sound great. Even if it is a band of, you know, um, hired, guns. hired guns. Yeah. <laughs> they still sound great. It sounds like they've got a passion for making music together again, but it is, there's nothing coming out anywhere other than weird gimmicks of shit they're selling, but no, it's none of it's the music. Any more, any more points on Black Crows? 
No, because I'm going to really work myself up. And, and, you know, and and not everybody's tuning in for Black Crows Radio here. So we'll move on to your next grievance. My next grievance in the Festivus of Grievances in 2023 is record labels. What in the hell is going on? Do they still exist? They do. I'm going to get pretty fired up as I've done on previous shows. But this is something that really just burns my ass. and. It's something that I've heard from many artists, many bands through private conversations. I'm not going to mention names. Everything is, you know, uh, anonymous. But let's just start with the record label in terms of what they do with these young bands and artists. You approach them. You find them. You like their music. You tell them how great they are. You tell them how great their songs are. You want to do a deal with them. You want to do a record deal. You're both. You're going to make them famous. It's going to be a partnership. We love you. This is going to be great. You're going to be awesome. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. And then they go in the studio to record the music, and they come out. You don't like these songs all of a sudden, right? You don't hear a hit anymore. Well, first of all, there are no hits anymore in rock. Rock music is so far off the mainstream. There's no hits anymore. You're not vying for top 40 radio, mainstream radio anymore. You're not trying to get into the MTV crowd. Rock rock bands, very few of them, if any, are able to penetrate that crowd now. So then you force them to go back in the studio to record a song that hits your algorithms that you've programmed with the beats and the songs and the melodies and all this stuff. That's why a lot of rock music and a lot of bands sound the same these days because a lot of them are all on the same algorithm because they mm-hmm. know like the, the fan likes something. So more so than ever, they're going to inundate you with the same shit all the time. And that that's when you get these cookie cutter bands. So the band goes in and records these two new songs. You still don't like it. And then you tell them they got to record a cover song of a <laughs> pop artist. So you go from loving their stuff, loving their music to the stuff not being that good enough. And now if they, disagree and they don't want to do it everything that they've recorded gets shelved and you keep the music and the only way for them to get the music back is to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars what the fuck is that like what is that like if you don't like their songs move on yeah move on and you and i had this conversation on the phone like last week when we were talking in very specific band yeah it's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what are you doing? What's a record label getting out of that? They've sunk a bunch of time and money into something that they're not going to get out there. Right. I've heard so many stories about specific record labels that I always, I almost want to warn every young band that I talk to. Like, listen, if this band, if this label approaches you, run. Yeah. yeah. Run. Yep. Um, so th- there's that. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, do you know how? Record labels find artists these days. Remember the A&R guys would go to clubs and try to find bands and then be an advocate for that band with the label to try to get them signed and move up the ladder and go to the this guy, that guy, whomever it was, the president to get them signed. You had to believe in a band. You had to believe in their music. Listen to Ted Templeman talk about signing Van Halen at Warner Brothers back in 77, 78. Right? That doesn't happen anymore. You know how Labels find bands. They pay 
some dude 15, 20 bucks an hour to sit on a computer and go through social media reels, yep. TikTok posting, TikTok, and find YouTube people that not necessarily are good, but have a lot of followers. Yep. They now, look like rockers. They look the part. Well, yeah, but they want the for sure thing. They want the person that's got the fan base already. So it's an easy layup. Now, I just had Grace Bowers on, on October 30th. She appeared on my show. Love Grace Bowers. Here's the difference between Grace Bowers and some of these other social media stars. Grace Bowers is out almost every night in Nashville, playing on stages with musicians and playing live. Almost every night, this 17-year-old girl is out there jamming with people, right? Growing her chops on guitar. She's not sitting in her own room playing Eruption because you practice, she practiced it 200 times and now it sounds perfect. And as Travis McCready said, first time he was on my show, the great singer of Bishop Gunn. So yeah, you can play anything in your bedroom, but when you got three people, you know, 300 people heckling you and throwing shit at you. And talking during your performance. Talking during your performance. Let's see how good you are. Let's see how focused you are. So these, these, these bedroom artists, as I call them, like they're going to sign these record deals. They're going to get a crappy deal. They're not going to make any money. They're going to stick them in a room with 30 writers. They're going to auto tune the shit out of it. Right. These people are never going to tour live. And that's how they, that's how they find artists these days. That's how they, that's how you do that. I'm telling you, if, if, if you want to gain the respect of the industry and if you want to gain the respect of, podcasters like us we're no big deal but we talk a lot about music grace bowers is the model of what you should be doing if you're going to get on social media and post stuff about you playing you have to have a path and she has chosen to play on stages every night to just improve her playing to do all that stuff and that's why she gets invited to eric clapton's crossroads right yep she she can play. She's good. She gets respected by the peers out there, the people that came before right. her because of Jay, just exactly what you said. She's doing it. She's grinding. Right. Absolutely. My last thing about the record labels is stop trying to sign these AI artists, please. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand why labels are doing this this is not real this is the equivalent to a video game or mistaking a video game as reality this is a program this is not something that someone played in their garage their basement on a riff with a with a bunch of guys from high school or a bunch of dudes that they met trying to find a song trying to find a riff trying to write a song this is a computer program this is a shortcut this is an easy way it's an absolute travesty that's just this is even being considered it can it, to 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 be music and last year labels a label atlantic records the great atlantic records signed an ai artist which was a rap artist and it got <laughs> a lot of pushback from people not because it was a computer program but because it was had 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 racial stereotypes mm. for the for the artists that that was the yeah mm-hmm. yeah. As a music fan, for people that are out there, there are music fans and music consumers. Music consumers go see the cover bands, 
they go and they like all the popular song music fans if you truly love music i love music i love such a music fan if you truly do love music you reject anything that is made from ai yes anything i don't care if it sounds good and it's appealing to you you reject it because it's not real it's fake and any artist that takes the shortcut you reject them we want authentic organic real music that's taken from the influences of that individual that comes from the heart that comes from the soul we want to hear that we don't want to hear some person sitting in front of a computer going um hey ai hey chat gpt can you write a song, a mid-tempo song about going to a party that sounds like Led Zeppelin mixed with the Stones and ACDC? And then, boom, you got a song that sounds like Then that. you got Kiss wow. Me Deadly by Lita Four pops out. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way. The Mandalorian always says this is the way. This is not the way. Every time one of these things happens with ChatGPT, AI, any time technology is used to find artists like social media and TikTok, anytime someone you know uses an algorithm to determine what a good song is, we get further and further away from the art form that is music. It's no yep. longer art. It is a computer program. Let's keep it where it should be in, in the essence of art, the artistic integrity. It needs to stay that way. No, there are no shortcuts. And you and I have some common artists that we've had on that are friends of ours that could take advantage of certain relations that they have that they don't do. And they're working it on their own to do their own thing. And recently on my podcast, this episode has not come out yet, but we spoke to Tristan Tritt, son of Travis, who is doing things his own way, playing small clubs. He did a tour with Seven Year Witch, actually, which I thought was awesome. But building on his own, not living off the family legacy, I respect the hell of that, too, because that's what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to start from the bottom, do the clubs, be in the band, or else he wouldn't be respected and he wouldn't earn it. I mean, we can even say the same thing about Wolfgang. You know, I've seen Wolfgang now three times um, since he came out. I saw him at a show, a secret show before the album came out. And then I saw him. At, How do you find out about a secret show? It was like 10 minutes from my house and I heard about it. So, but that's kind of, that's like the, is only. it like a speakeasy? You got to go knock on the door and give them the password. Well, what happens is, is that a pigeon flies to the window. And it's got something wrapped around <laughs> its leg and then it spells out, you know, what's happening. And then you go and then you realize there must've been a lot of pigeons because there's a lot of people here. Um, not so secret secret show not so secret secret show but yeah you just you know jason you just got to be in the club man you just you got to be in the cool club and i'm per- i guess i'm not in the cool club yet well very few people from ohio ever become fair part of- fair i mean you know ohio it's just kind of like yeah it's like three different yeah. states, basically. I, I get it i, I completely get We're it kind of afraid of ohio you know I don't know what to make of it. But you like Ohio State. I do like Ohio State Buckeyes, yeah. Yeah. So, and they're playing tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, Missouri. Today, we're doing this on the 28th. They're playing the 29th against Missouri. And, and we got uh, Notre Dame on at 1 o'clock. 
against Oregon. Banner day for you, Mr. Scott, your favorite teams. Yes, yes. I'm, a, I'm going to be enjoying it thoroughly. I know on New Year's Day, I got a pizza from Pequod's Pizza um, in Chicago, which is regarded as the best pizza in Chicago. So if you're listening, it's spelled P-E-Q-U-O-D-S, Pequod's. Mm. And they deliver throughout the country. Really? You want some authentic Chicago pizza. Now, I have taken some other Groove Council members there, namely okay. Chris Cordetti, who just did our quarterly episode, myself, Skylab, High Stick Mick, and... Um, Good dudes, all of them. Yes, yeah. And then I took Abby K there ah. um, when she came in, and no one's ever been disappointed. And I think what I'm going to do, because Jax is supposed to be playing Chicago area February 15th, I told Jax Hollow that I'm going to be taking her Chicago Music Exchange, and maybe mm. on the way back we'll stop off for some Chicago pizza. Nice. So you should do that. She would appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So Pequot's pizza delivers nationwide. Okay. I guarantee you now it's Chicago pizza. So it's thick. Some people from yep. the out of towners call it lasagna pizza. <laughs> All right. It's a pizza casserole. Yeah. It's good shit. I'm telling you right now, Pequot's pizza. Okay. It's got the caramelized crust. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. So you can get. Well, count me in when I'm in Chicago next time. Absolutely, man. I'll take you. Um, but you can get cheese, you can get sausage, you can get pepperoni. So I'm going to be ordering that New Year's Day for the bowl games. You've got Michigan, Alabama. You've got yep. Washington and Washington, Texas. Texas. Yeah. So I think there's a couple other games on too as well. So I'm going to be doing that all day, just eating Pequod's pizza and watching some football. I think tomorrow I'm going to go out. Pequod's pizza. Pequod's pizza. And I think tomorrow, tomorrow during the Notre Dame game, in between the Notre Dame game, I might get maybe a, a good steak burrito. Maybe I'll do that. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So tomorrow during the Ohio State game, my wife's having some of her friends over uh, for a fondue. During the game? Yes. Not they, They're not having game? it for the game. We're having people over for dinner. We're having fondue, and then we're going to watch the game. Is this all before the game, or is this like you're probably going to miss? This is before the game. Before the game. I was going to say, you need to talk to a lawyer. (laughs) That's that's crossing the line. That's crossing the line. Come on. It is. But tomorrow, I'm having my, speaking of pizza, my favorite pizza. I'm going back to the Dayton area where me and a lot of friends spend a lot of time. And I'm rejoining some of my oldest friends I've had since high school. And we're going to our favorite chain, Marion's Pizza in Dayton, Ohio. So if you're ever through Dayton, Marion's Pizza, it's a thin crust. It's cut into squares. The sausage looks like um, mice turds. It's perfect. See? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll pass. Okay. Well, you're, you'll be missing out. I'll go to the, what's that good hot dog place? Dirty Frank's in Columbus. There are, there are some Dirty Frank's locations. But to say, next time you're in Dayton, I know it's not Chicago pizza, but it's very good. And the best pow- part about Marion's Pizzerias is in the 60s and 70s, Dayton had a very vibrant theater scene. So you get to see all these washed up or on the verge of being washed up celebrities in pictures who visited Marion's Pizza Places while they were in town at the at the uh, Veterans Memorial Theater or whatever theater that they were doing their show. Like all the casts of 
all the cast of Brady Bunch were certainly through there and have their pictures at some point. Dirty Franks, I was there last year for the Ohio State Notre Dame game in Columbus. And my son and I went there. And, um, you know, they have like all these different toppings on hot dogs. Mm-hmm. They've got like this one bacon hot dog, which sounded really good. And I had the bacon hot dog. But like, they asked me what I wanted on my hot dog. And I'm from Chicago. I said, give me mustard and onion with some bacon. Celery salt? No? No. Yeah, I could do celery salt, but I didn't get it on that one. And um, they're like, don't you want this? I'm like, no, I just want it simple. But I'll add the bacon because that sounds absolutely delicious. And they got really good fries. Plus, they got some really kind of artsy-fartsy stuff on rock and roll, like, you know, paintings and stuff like that, like Judas Priest and Metallica and Zeppelin. It's a cool place. So if you're ever in Columbus, Dirty Franks is the place to go. If you ever want to get a dirty dog, go to Dirty Franks. So what's your next grievance on the Festivus of Grievances in 2023? My next grievance, I'm going to roll a couple things into it. But first, it's very simple, Jay. Ticketmaster fees. And I'll say the most recent example of this crime unto humanity is Dirty Honey in Columbus, Ohio. $25 for a ticket. $13 of fees on a $25 ticket. More than half the face value of the ticket and fees. I would rather walk to the front of the stage, hand John Notto $13, and be happy with it, paying $38. But I know that fucking shit goes to the Ticketmaster, and they can burn in hell. At Ticketmaster, we've covered a lot on this show, man. I, I, yep. I don't know if it's they're trying to recoup the cost they lost during the pandemic. You know, with all the shows that had to be canceled. But when you stop and think of how Ticketmaster and Live Nation, because Live Nation is also part of this too. Yep. How they bend over music fans. It is criminal. It is absolutely absolutely criminal. There are the fees that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. If you charge me $50 for a show and it goes 40 or 45 goes to the artist, I am 100% cool with that. I am not cool for half the price or more of the face value of the ticket going at fees for Ticketmaster. No. And then when you consider the fact that they own, you know, 85% of the venues in this country. Yeah. And those venues only have uh, Ticketmaster Live Nation artists. And if if you don't want to be a, a Live Nation Ticketmaster artist, you can't play those venues. So you're limited to what they can do. So they box the artist in and then they eliminate competition because no one else can promote those shows or sell those shows besides Ticketmaster and Live Nation unless it's on the secondary market. And then that's how they make money, too. So if a place is 20,000 capacity, they only put 60 percent of the tickets on sale because the 40 percent of the tickets then go to the secondary market. Right. So they they screw you with that. They claim they claim the tickets are low ticket count, right? And that's what you do. So when you go into on a Friday morning to buy your tickets or whenever it was, whenever Saturday morning. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. 
Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. You get in this, this pool with everybody else that's trying to buy tickets. And you select the tickets that you that you want to get. So let's say they're the mid-size tickets, the mid-level tickets that are 75 bucks. Okay. They're not the cheapos at 30. They're not the expensives at 200. I'm only using dollar amounts as examples. I know they're they're a mm-hmm. lot more. So let's say you go the $75 ticket route. So now you're in a pool. So now if there's a lot of people in that pool of $75, it's a high dick ticket demand. So when you check out. The price just went up without you even knowing it. And now it's $300 per ticket because of the demand on only 60% of the tickets on the primary ticket uh, market, because the rest are going to get pushed out to the secondary ticket market and they're going to make double and triple their money. That's it is a, is a prime definition of a monopoly, a prime. Yeah. Definition. This is what I'm not. You're hurting artists. Though. Right. You're, you're hurting, hurting artists. because not everybody can afford forty bucks for a twenty five dollar ticket. Right. And then not every, everyone's expecting to pay seventy five dollars for the yes. ticket. And then when they get yes. to the checkout, those two tickets that were going to cost one hundred and fifty plus, you know, ninety dollars in fees is going to cost you six hundred dollars, three hundred dollars per, and the fees are going to be almost four hundred dollars. The fee. So two tickets are going to be like a thousand bucks. Yeah, thousand bucks. And let's remind everybody when they had auto, when they said that they were going to an automated system, it was be- so they can save money for the consumer because the largest expense at any company's bottom line is Payroll. personnel. Yeah, personnel. 
So they eliminate the personnel. No one's stuffing envelopes anymore. No one's answering the phone anymore. If they are, it's very few. And usually it's offshore, like in the Philippines or some other country. And this is a prime definition of a of a monopoly, a prime definition. And then they screw you. They screw the bands. They don't allow any competition. No one can compete. And I know, listen, it takes a while for our government to catch up with things. And I know the Judiciary Committee has had hearings on this. But what's the status? Like, what's going on? They haven't done shit. And they got a pat on the back earlier this year because they stopped charging. They stopped taking a percentage of the merch fees of these bands. Like, there's some heroes for stopping that practice of doing it. They shouldn't have been doing it anyway. Like, that's if that's the case, the band should be getting a cut of the liquor and alcohol sales because that's why people are there and buying alcohol. Criminal. Criminal. Ticketmaster is criminal absolutely and, criminal. And, and part b to that is this new trend vip seat sitting seating upgrades at venues what i'm seeing more and more at now is general admission areas they're now putting folding chairs in those spots for people to buy tickets at and then when people buy what's well, more expensive ticket and when people buy them they sit for the whole concert and they're the ones in front of the fucking stage so it's greed we're putting folding chairs in general admission standing areas. We're charging more for it. And those people get those ticks and sit down in front of the stage, man. Why even go to damn concert? I know you need to have some VIP seating areas. You have to help people who are handicapped. But those shouldn't take the place of the general admission spots in front of the stage anymore by wheeling out, folding chairs, charging more, and people sitting down. Question to the audience listening. It's, and I know I'm not going to get answers because obviously no one's here at in the audience, <laughs> a rhetorical question. Why do you think the stadium tour was set up the way it was with five bands, right? I think the cut from what I heard from Motley Crue and Def Leppard were 3 million per show. They split 6 million. Okay. Or maybe they even got 6 million a piece. I don't know. But they had to put those other bands on to help bring people in for a long yeah. time because the longer people are in the show, the more alcohol sales, the more merch sales, all that stuff adds up after a while. And that's how they were able to pay for this stuff. And venues are now taking cuts of parking. They're now taking cuts of merch, of liquor sales. You name it, they're taking it. So you're going to see a lot more shows with four, five bands, many festivals traveling from city to city because of the outrageous ticket prices, because of the band's fees. And they got to make that money up somehow, some way. So, all right, tonight, my next grievance on the Festivus of Grievances in 2023, Rolling Stones magazine. Oh, you and I have a common one. This is great. Rolling Stone magazine. What is going on? Troll, Trolling Stones magazine, as I like to refer to it, Jay. This used to be an elite magazine. A source, top. a source for new music, a source for cutting edge reporting, hard hitting news, political commentary, great political commentary. And now it's just like hit piece after hit piece. It's media or I'm sorry, journalistic assassination. Um, there's so many things wrong with Rolling Stone and how Rolling Stone ties into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rolling Stone magazine basically runs the rock and roll hall of fame and 
it's so aggravating. I remember probably the late nineties, early two thousands, I think it was, I forget when it was. It was a couple of years after the Tupac and Biggie Smalls assassinations and what was going on with that. There was this great news article on Rolling Stone about this undercover cop that had a lot of evidence, but couldn't get the evidence to like enough to get a grand jury. And he believed that the assassinations were inside jobs by more or less gang members inside the police departments. Right. Because there was a whole Crips and East blood West Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And these murders, I think someone just admitted to killing Tupac a couple months ago, but no one really knows if that's really true. But these murders have largely, they've gone off. Yeah. Yeah. And how does a big profile, two big profile murders like that go years without being literally and figuratively big profile? (laughs) Right, right. And and the guy was on to something. I remember reading this article, like, dude, this is like a movie. Yeah. He talked about individuals in the police department. I'm sure you can find it, but it's just a great piece. And that's what Rolling Stones used to be. Like, I I used to get, you know, people say I get Playboy for the articles. I used to get Rolling Stone for those types of articles because they were just fantastic news source and news articles. And then somewhere probably the last 10, 15 years, they became this elitist bag of douches. Like running this magazine and writing for this magazine, it's not even like, listen, I, I, I am politically, I am very middle of the road mm-hmm. and very, As in, most people are well, very middle of the, middle of the road. I lean a certain way. I'm not far certain way by any means. I lean slightly off to the center. And when I read this shit in Rolling Stone, it's embarrassing. Because this is this is everything that is wrong with the liberal, far left liberal faction of the Democratic Party. It's 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 wrong. I mean, Eric Clapton comes out against the vaccine. I'm pro vaccine. Okay. Yep. But it didn't bother me that he was against the vaccine. That's his personal choice. That's right. Okay. I'm not going to stop listening to his music. That's right. Some of the best, especially his early stuff, like, man, that album he did with Howlin' Wolf is is absolutely incredible. Uh, Derek and the Dominoes is one of my top five records of all time. Yeah. Um, Rolling Stone did this, like, this basic hit piece because of it. It was like, like, and and it was all because he came out against the, you know, he was against the vaccine. Um, You know, they look at, rock music as being like an annoyance and a nuisance. They're one of the biggest reasons why rock music is in the place that it's at. Yes. Because they, 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 they don't like it. They've never liked, they never liked the glam era of the eighties. They hated glam. They hated Zeppelin. They hated Zeppelin. They were so arrogant enough to tell Kiss at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is also the Rolling Stone, that you can only have the four original members in the Hall of Fame, and we're not going to celebrate anything past 1976. Right. And, you know, any real Kiss fan loves the Vinnie Vincent era. I love the Vinnie Vincent era. (laughs) Look how long it took to get all these rock bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Priest, Rush, Van Halen, Zeppelin. And the ones that aren't in that deserve to be in right now. 
Yeah. I mean, how do you have like Is Motley Crue in the Hall of Fame? No, no. How do they be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. How do you have have Foo Fighters, which I love Foo Fighters, right? I love Dave Grohl, I love the Foo Fighters, but how do you have them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Iron Maiden? Right. It's crazy. You know, because again, they're elitist music snobs. That and they give the liberal media a bad name because they are they are what the critics throw at them. They are right now. They, they don't live realize that. it. They do more harm yes. than good. They yes. don't realize that they're so locked into their bubble of thought and narratives yes. that they don't realize they do more harm to people that are Democrats that have yes. a middle of the road type yeah. of viewpoint that they just it's it's embarrassing. Yep. It is embarrassing. They haven't done anything relevant in years. And it's a shame of what once this proud magazine once was. And they covered everything from Watergate yep. to the anti Hunter S. Thompson wrote for him. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. I mean, during the Vietnam War, the protest, I mean, they were on the front lines, right? Yeah. And now they are, they're an embarrassment. Yeah. In college, I wrote a paper about eugenics in one of my classes, and I learned about eugenics through this really great article originally in Rolling Stones. And that what gave me that's what gave me the idea to write about that, man. Like they talked about eugenics in Rolling Stones magazine. Yeah. Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone magazine. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. And can I carry on uh, from your grievance to what my yeah. grievance is with Rolling Stone, or as I call it, Trolling Stone? Those lists, buddy, those lists are nothing but troll jobs. They just had like the 100 greatest guitar players again. And like all it is is for people now to get online and get the clicks and argue. It, that is 100% what it's for. And I hate, I hate that. That to me, and for that type of journalism, is the equivalent of when an actor chooses to play somebody with a disability for an easy Oscar grab, right? I hate that, and I hate these intentional click list troll jobs, these lists that Rolling Stones does. I hate it. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I want people to stop posting about these lists on social media. Stop posting about yes. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Stop posting about the Rock, the Grammy Rock Awards, because that's what they want. They want you to post. Yes. They want you to be aggravated and angry about it, so they get more views. They get more clicks. Stop it. Stop yes. talking about that stuff. You're giving them what they want. Don't do it. Don't spread it. And th- th- that piece of crap, whether it's Rolling Stone, Grammys, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't deserve it. That guitar list, and I know I'm just going to break what I just said. Don't talk about it. But, <laughs> but, I started it, honestly. So I'll just, I mean, there's more. There's four names that should be on there that aren't. Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah. Uh, Gary Moore. Yeah. Oh, Gary Moore is, yeah. Magic Travis Sam. Magic Sam. Go listen to Sam's Boogie on YouTube. Yes. Okay. And you tell me that guy doesn't belong in the 100 greatest guitars. And Ace Freely. And I know, you know, God forbid if Rolling Stone does anything to praise Kiss. Ace Freely is a damn good guitar player. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, listen to the solo and shock me. Yeah. Listen to that. I mean, it's it's a travesty that he was not included in the list. So many well-known riffs, iconic riffs. Yeah. 
one of the best vibratos of all time mm-hmm. in guitar is Ace Freely. Yeah. It's it's just it's ridiculous. So yes. Yes. Rolling Stone, the Grammys, and Rock and Roll Fame are all one big pile of shit. Basically. Hundred percent. And again, trolling stone magazine. Oh, we trademark. Embarrassing. Do you want to go? Or you, or we, 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 we comp that as even squared up. I think that worked out well together, that, that, that my third one works perfectly within what you let off with. Well, that's what happens when two people are so in tune with our emotions and feelings, you know? And I mean, intelligence and, and looks. Yes, yes. And it helped <laughs> that we spooned when we were in Nashville, too. It did. You know, I felt that it's a connection that can no longer be broken. I mean, yeah. I mean, the connection started with our conversation about what's hot in the strip club. Yeah. And by the way, so if your your medical issue doesn't work out and you have a disability or whatever's going on, I don't want to speak to because that's your story to tell you. I've got a great idea for a podcast you and I can do together based on the what's hot in strip clubs. You want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to use you and your newfound abilities, and we're going to do what's sticky in strip clubs. And you're going to just go around and touch stuff. <laughs> now, now, after you touch stuff, are you allowed to put it up to your nose and smell it? Listen, the, the only rule is you have to touch it. After that, you it's whatever's on, everything's on the table. I know what it is. Wow. 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 That is, uh, no. Well, it's, man, how do I, because there's so much, so much, like, you know, I mean, where do you put your hands when you're on a couch in a strip club? You know? You know how when sometimes you're at the movie theater and the floor is sticky? That's kind of what I'm thinking about. Oh, what's yeah. sticky in the strip? Well, the floor. That's if you the go table, in the, that's, that's if you go in the champagne room. <laughs> right? Right. But there's no sex in the champagne room, I hear. Oh, yeah. That's what people say. <laughs> Listen, everybody, Jay and everybody who listens, you know something bad had to be coming out of this podcast. That And that, that was it. That was, well, I, that's my gift I give to you. Like, how do you, well, how do you judge? Is it me guessing what it is? Well, I was more thinking of you, you touch something, you say, okay, the chair is sticky, the counter is sticky, you know, that, but well, maybe if it's the counter, if it's the counter, it's probably like alcohol, like cranberry yeah. juice or something that goes into a drink. Your idea is probably better is like, you know, like a blindfold and you go and you have to determine, you know, we give you an object. You have to figure out what it is. An object, not, not feeling something sticky. Cause if it's sticky on a couch, the options are slim of what they possibly could be. Right. Know? Right. And especially if it's like really crusty. Well, then it's no longer sticky cause it's crusty. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking too, because once it becomes crusty, the stickiness kind of leaves that's right. Right. And then you know they're not doing a good job cleaning, and you probably don't want to be there anyways. I mean, are strip clubs really known for cleanliness? I mean, they should be, right? I, you would you would think so. That would have to be a very, very important piece of the whole thing, or else you'd be shut down. But Joey Bag of Donuts that's running it, you know, probably like, yeah, you know, just get the fuck out of here. We'll clean it up tomorrow morning. You right. Know? 
So then that stuff sits all night and it hardens. And then when you come in the next morning, you know. But it's more labor hours now to clean it up when you have to clean up because it takes more effort and more product. Right. Well, I, I would think like if, if something becomes sticky, I think the object, it's a kind of like a clock where you got to get it up before. It yes, that's right. Like, yep, like a good crushing. adhesive. Correct. Right. Right. Like an epoxy. You know, if you don't let the epoxy set. I'm, more, I'm more nervous. I'm more nervous if I feel something sticky on one of the dancers. Right. <laughs> Why? You're stuck to my leg. Get yeah, like, what's on your leg? What's on your stomach? <laughs> it's, you know, it's like there's something about Mary. Got right, 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 right. right. Yes. Like, yes. I mean, that that's a big red flag right there. You know, That's a terrible red flag. Exotic dancer with something sticky on her body. Or if you're going in and you're sticking to random things in the strip club, don't go there. I wonder what, like... What they use to clean, you know? Do they use just a regular, you know, Lysol-based cleaning product, or they? They probably use like hospital grade, like medical grade, like EPA, you know, bio. Do they not? You hope that they would, but or they just going to get a bottle of Windex at the grocery store, (laughs) using that all over the place. (laughs) I think we're probably closer to them using Windex. Well, you know what. That streak free sh- that streak free shine is really important, especially you know in, when it's like all the neon, all the dark lights and <laughs> That's black right. lights and everything. Black lights, like if you go into a strip club and it has black lights, let that be the, the guide to where you should be sitting. And do they use black lights or like just like dim lights? Some lights, black lights, the thing. Well, God, I haven't been to a strip club in a billion years. Me either. God, it's got to be. 15 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, That'd be a bachelor party at some point, like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I remember some of the places I frequented, um, <laughs> did have black lights. Right. But it yeah. just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, it does. It really does. Especially like there's, cause there's tiers of quality in terms of the clubs, right? There's yeah. your low end stuff, which is, just has an odor of several different things when you walk in. It's like an odor of bad hygiene mixed with stale liquor and failure. EO, basically. And then that's like when the dancer comes up to you and like asks you for a dance and you don't want to get a dance from her. You just want to give her some deodorant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's your mid tier clubs that are. Average. Then there's your high end where they have like a food menu. That's the other thing. Who gets food at a strip club? Yes. So I'll tell you a story on this one. When I first got out of college and I was working my first real job, I'm not even going to talk about the industry, but nothing. The guy that ran the branch of the office of the company I worked for every Friday literally liked to go down the street to the lunch buffet. And if you're in the office that Friday, he would take you to go to the lunch buffet because he legitimately liked the food there. Was it good food? I mean, it was like good for a buffet. It wasn't anything special, but well, it was the, thing, the like, quality of the food was fine. Like, you know, could have gone thing, to the Sizzler. Yeah. The last thing I want to do at a strip club is eat dinner. Yes. Like, yes. I don't have any desire to eat, you know, at a place where humans yes. are, are rubbing on each other, you know. And, and 
you know, there's, there's, you know, different types. We're of- mixing risky personal hygiene with food. Yeah. And like, you know, you, uh, there's some places that have like high end menus, like lobster and like filet. The last place I want to get a freaking <laughs> lobster tail at is a strip club. If I'm going to spend that much money, I ain't getting a lot. Right. I'm gonna. That's I'm, the only type. Of, that's the only type of crabs I want, though, at a strip club. Yeah, you gotta be careful about. You know, there's there's <laughs> different types of crabs at some of these strip clubs. The one that you eat and the ones that you don't want. The ones that you don't want. I still, did I ever tell you the story of one of my old roommates who got crabs? No, you did not. Yeah, yeah, he got crabs. We were, um, we had a house and. This guy, we went to. He went to he went somewhere for spring break, and he came back, and like two days later, he realized he had crabs. So <laughs> we had to like lock him in his room, like he couldn't, you know. And he made the mistake of shaving his genitals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So and that doesn't get rid of the crabs, by the way, for anyone listening, for all you youngsters out there, um, <laughs> if you do get crabs and you don't need to have sex with someone in order to get crabs. That's right. Uh, you do not. You go to a sticky strip club. Yeah. Do not shave your pubic hair if you get crabs because the crabs are still going to be there. And then what happens is you run the risk of because you're itching so much and you're so inflamed down there, you run the risk of ingrown uh, hair. Oh, this is what happened to my roommate. And I'll never forget. He was on the phone with his mom behind closed doors and through the wall. All I hear is mom, mom, I got crabs and and I I shaved and now I got ingrown hairs and the crabs. (laughs) I, I mean, I was in pain just hearing it, you know. So he had to go get the special shampoo. We had to throw out all his clothes. He couldn't put any clothes in the wash because, you know, you could. I mean, it's like getting lice, right? It's yeah. the, But it's yeah. like the low lice, yeah. not the high lice. So uh, moral of the story is, kids, um, first of all, you know, remember, you can still get crabs even by laying with someone on a bed naked. Um, don't shave your pubes when you get crabs. And, um just go get the special shampoo. Go to the clinic with the shampoo. Take care of it. So you won't be calling mom in tears telling what, what you need to do. So I don't think I'd ever do that unless she was my primary care physician. Your mother? Even then, that'd be debatable. Yeah, I wouldn't call her. Yeah, calling mom in a situation like that. Yeah. There, there has to be a line. Yeah. But that's one of those moments as a young kid, like in your early 20s, whatever, late teens, whatever, whatever age. You got to figure it's time. It's time to buck up and figure shit out on your own. That's when you call your cool uncle or something or cool yeah, cousin, or, like yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, they used to have those like anonymous hotlines, medical hotlines too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's a time yeah. where you just say, I got to figure this out. I can't be going to my mom and telling her. Right. Like, or one of your friends have experienced the same thing. You talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Perk is not going to get the stuff out. I'll tell you that. My friend Jonathan was the guy we would go to with those type of questions because he either lived it or knew it. And by the way, why I bring his name up, he did have a grievance he wanted me to share because I was it was with one of the friends that I grew up with I saw tonight. You want to hear his grievance? Yeah. Man of War only has one show slated for 2024. 
That's his grievance. Man of War, dude. <laughs> yep. Man Let's move war. on. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to blow my speakers talking about Man of War. <laughs> the loudest band out there. And then my next grievance in the Festivus of Grievances in 2023 is the redefining of rock music. And it kind of goes along with the group of bag bags we just talked about, the elitists, Rolling Stones, yeah. Grammys, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But stop trying to cram down music that's not rock music to rock fans and trying to convince them that that's rock music. It yes. is not. Machine Gun Kelly um, is not rock music. Post Malone is not rock music. That country rapper who's like the big craze right now <laughs> is not country music. It's rap music with guitars in it. That it, 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 come on, let's stop doing this. Let's stop trying to to redefine uh, Alabama shakes as hard rock. They're not hard rock, okay? They're a blues based rock band, okay? Yeah. All right. Yes. Stop, stop making. Stop nominating Beyonce in the rock category because she has one rock song that people consider rock music. It's not. Just stop with the redefining. Why is rock music? Such a bad thing to these people. I don't get it. Rock. Why do you think they do that? Why do you think they do that? Rock music is the reason why we listen to music. Why pop yes. music is what it is. Why rap music is what it is. I mean, all the beats in rap songs are all taken from rock songs. The Billy Squire yes. song, Led Zeppelin, you name it, they're all taken from rock songs, right? Like rock music was pop music. The Beatles were invented pop music. Right. And everything, Led Zeppelin, the Stones, who still make millions of dollars either touring or putting out box sets or, 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 or photo picture books, whatever. It's like, why do you want to completely dismiss the greatest genre of music, which is rock music that gave such a legacy to what we have now? It lives and breathes in every form of music, except for maybe jazz. Because jazz is kind of a form of rock music. Um, well, not form, but kind of a very heavy influence on rock music with all the improvising and all that kind of stuff. But honest to God, like, what is the deal with this complete dismissal of rock music, this complete abandonment of the greatest genre? It's like someone said 15 years ago, no more rock music for anyone. And anyone that wants to be in a rock band, we're going to make it so difficult for you to get an audience and so difficult for that audience to find you that we're going to completely dismiss and get rid of the genre of music or make it so niche that it's like off in the shadows somewhere. Why? Yeah. Why? If Think of it this way, ladies and gentlemen. If Stairway to Heaven was made today, Atlantic Records would go to Led Zeppelin and say, we can't put this on the album because it's too long. Catch yep. would be a song that would be considered... Oh, this song doesn't have any direction. It just goes on and on and on. We can't, we can't put this out. Dark Side of the Moon would be shelved. One of the greatest rock albums of all time would be shelved because it's too long. It doesn't have any hooks. It's, yep. it's too, it's too psychedelic. It's not going to hit mainstream. Yet 
these are the albums, this is the music that still remains relevant today. And it's like, what the fuck? And now we're trying to redefine it. We're trying to make other genres of music into rock and roll. It started with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like nominating and inducting Biggie Smalls. I have no doubt he's a great rapper. He 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 is great in his genre of music. He is absolutely fantastic with what he does. It's not my music, not the music I want to listen to, but I have the utmost respect for his catalog and his music. He's not rock music. There's nothing rock music about Notorious B.I.G. And they said that he well he had the rock and roll attitude. What what did what does that even mean? What what does that mean? Like okay. Dolly Parton's in, and Dolly Parton's a phenomenal artist, phenomenal person, but she's not rock and roll. No, she's not rock and roll. Fantastic. So it's like, it's this whole just bludgeoning. It's a catch-all. It's a catch-all term it's, for music. It's 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 basically indicative of why music in itself has become so watered down with pop music. Nothing in pop music. You hear a pop music song. 80% of it is not even real music. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's programmed it's music. Computers. It's programs. Everything is tracked. It's just, it's just absolute crap. So again, stop trying to redefine rock music and cramming this crap down our throat, telling us it's good when it's shit. Yeah. And we're, you know, again, you and I both do these podcasts. You have a lot of fantastic new up and coming lesser known artists on. We do the same thing again, a lot more around blues and Southern rock, but still rock artists. This is, we're in one of the best periods right now of rock music of the last 25 years and nobody knows about it because it's not mainstream. And the only way to find out about these bands is to listen to one of our podcasts, catch, you know, catch it some. It is a shame because rock music is flourishing right now. It's just not known. Podcasts, by and large, are now the front lines of new rock music. 100%. We are important to the music scene. Right, right. We are. I mean, it, it's not like, listen, this is not being you know ego-driven or anything, but whether you listen to my podcast or Jason's or anyone else that promotes new rock music that's really where the only place where you're hearing about these bands because if you don't look for it on spotify and youtube and all these other platforms you're not going to find it no but you know if you podcast like ourselves who talk about these bands who have these bands on we want them to be successful but we're the only ones that are talking to them and i'd love it but for the bands and artists, they need you. They need rock fans. They need that, you know, they need people to really start to listen and stop thinking that rock, new rock music sucks. I know yeah. you're basing that on th Third Eye Blind and Matchbox 20 and bands like that from the early 2000s where it was, all, back. Yeah, it was all cookie cutter and crap. Um, those Those bands are still around, but the new stuff that's coming out that we talk about here on our podcasts and other podcasts that do the same. That's where you want to find the new rock music. And yeah, it is that the people yeah. put out too, that these new rock playlists are also 
great ways to find new rock music. I found out so much music from your podcast and, and you know, when you do the, the quarterly reviews and your new music spotlights or new artist spotlights. And then when Brian Jones, who started the all things blues and Southern rock podcast. So I work with on that one, who he's, you know, co-host, he's so, so good at finding music too. There's just so much out there, you know, it's a shame there's not a bigger vehicle and bigger platform for all these great artists who need your support. And it really is, Jay. I truly believe it is a renaissance period with rock music right now. I believe so, too. I, I do. And, you know, these bands are starting to really punch through. Greta Van Fleet was really the first one of the new bands. The Warning has gained a lot of traction. Dirty, Dirty Honey. Honey. I think it's right on the cusp of being something big and great. Um and there's other bands too, you know. I mean, Aaron Jones is a great artist too, as well. Um, yeah, there's so many. There's so many. But we talk to people like, you know, we put a new artist we learned about this year, Parker Barrow. Great, great artist, but still not known. You know, Jack's Hollow. Uh, we have the Cold Stairs, them Dirty Roses. Like you just name all these bands. Lilani Green Lung. Yeah, Lilani Kilgore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It drives me crazy. And that's kind of, that's a little bit of my, my, a little bit of a grievance for me. Sorry. I, I carried on from yours. Do you have any other? All right. I do. I do. MTV. MTV is my grievance. You know why? If you're not going to show music, change your name or just shut your ass down because it's not music television anymore. My kids are 18 and 20. They've never been alive when MTV was a primarily music television channel. So that brand means nothing to anybody outside of the Gen X generation. Shut it down, go away, or start showing music again. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. I don't watch, I don't remember the last time I turned on MTV. In fact, I don't, either. Even, I don't even know what channel number MTV is. Me either. I know but I have it, don't know where it's at. I do know because I do see things on social media. The programming that they have. The programming that they have, the shows they have on are like the bottom of the barrel of a garbage can. Like, yeah. like only young kids who like never leave their bedroom are watching this stuff. I don't even know anybody's watching it, to be honest with you. Because you think even your son's in the same age as my my kids. My son has never watched MTV. He doesn't yeah, watch exactly. all any of those shows that are on MTV. He's never yeah. told me about, oh, this show on MTV, it's great. Yeah. I mean, they don't even know what it is. I honestly think that there's an unknown need for music videos. Look at how popular YouTube is. If you yes. see a video based channel, I think a lot of, or a video based app, because, you know, people aren't going to watch TV that much, whether they're on their phones or they're on their devices. But if you started a video based app, I think people would really like, have a Netflix show, an Amazon show every week. They're, you know, or to whatever, every day they're oh, doing a live stream. I don't know. Yeah. No, MTV. Yeah. Stop calling it music television. If you want to keep the M, call it monotonous TV, you know, like, like, like. Or it's, a, it. it's a dead brand and it's not coming back and they should just oh, shut it down. It's yeah. dead. It's like it's dead. It's like, and it's, it. It's like Schlitz. <laughs> but was Schlitz ever good? At one time, MTV was very okay, good. Okay, it's, very like, it's like Strohs. Influential. It's like okay, Strohs. All right. All right. MTV Strohs. is Strohs of television, right? The only difference is with Strohs, 
like it's you can spell shorts backwards. So <laughs> tip it on maybe it's like the low and brow. Maybe it's like the low and brow of. of <laughs> I remember my dad and my uncles used to drink low and brow back in the eighties. Low and brow, and then there was um, Strohs and Schlitz. I remember my dad used to drink Schlitz. I always used to laugh because it sounded like shit. And then I did find yeah. out it did taste like Well, shit. when you drink too much Schlitz, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what happens. Pabst. Pabst is still around. It is still around. It's still, yeah, but it's a kid's tea. Especially in the it's Midwest, it's still around. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a hipster beer right now. Is it really? Yeah. It's kind of like a hipster. The cool thing to go get it on tap in some bar somewhere. Yeah. Do you know what old style is? Oh, I do know what old style is. They nicknamed it Old Pile. Ugh. I still remember being 1920 when Walgreens sold alcohol. Um, you never used to do a fake ID back in the day. They used to have these four-pack of tall boys. And I used to go on a Friday night. Uh, a four-pack of tall boys cost two ninety nine. Yeah. A pack of Marble Reds cost $1.50. And then I'd walk Good on the then I'd walk on the busy street with this four pack of tall boys being underage with a pack of smokes, go to my buddy's house and we'd sit on the driveway out in front, the front part of the driveway near the street with our beer. Like we were fine, even though we were 19, 20 years old. And then I'd walk. You weren't hurting nobody. Yeah. You know, smoke a whole pack of cigarettes that night, smoke a couple of (laughs) during the process and uh, my, my four pack of tall boys. That was a Friday night. And then, like, everybody would show up there. So if I got there, like, around 9, it maybe be me me and my buddy, and then a couple other buddies would trickle in before 10. And then between 10 and 11, then, like, about a dozen people would show up. And then by midnight, there was probably, you know, a good 25, 30 people just on the driveway or in the street. Block party. Yeah. It was great. That's And, and we didn't have cell phones back then. And you guys weren't destroying property and acting like a bunch of loonies. We were acting like a bunch of loonies, but you weren't doing bad stuff where your neighbors would call the cops or do anything. If we got too we loud, were, we were we got too loud. If there was a fight, they would call the cops. Yeah, well, you know, but you know what? Nobody pulled a gun either in those days. You had your fist fight, and everything was solved. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Simpler times, simpler times, better times. But like when MTV was popular, yes, and it's a defunct brand, and it's a shame. You, we just got done talking about how podcasts are on the front line of rock music. Well, MTV was so instrumental for rock music. Yeah, it was. And we need a champion once again. Absolutely. Any more grievances? I have a bonus grievance, and I'll be quick about it. Um, shows that have more than two acts on the bill. Unnecessary, unless it's a festival. You know? We I go to shows where there's a single artist or two artists, start at seven, out by ten. It's a beautiful night. I went to a show recently, had four artists, a regular show, four artists. The headliner ended at midnight. I'm too old for that shit, Jay. There's no reason for a, a first band to start at seven, last band end at 12 outside of a festival. And I'd like to see no more of that. Keep it to one or two. I like a triple bill, though. I, I don't mind a triple bill. You it's got to be done by 11. 11 is my limit for a show. All right. Well, I mean, dude, you know, it's your fault you're a crotchety old man. So, True, but that's why you had me on for your inaugural grievance episode. Because it works. 
It does. It does. It's either me or Core Daddy, but he already does a quarterly shit. So right, right. So my last grievance on the festivus of grievances in 2023 is the music fan. Stop accepting mediocrity. Stop accepting lip syncing at shows. Stop accepting technology that you know is is ruining music. Part of the reason why music is headed down the avenue it is is because of you, the music fan, because you've accepted this stuff. It's time for you to push back and demand real art in music, real instruments being played, not everything auto-tuned, over-programmed, over-compressed, over-produced. Start demanding authentic, organic stuff. And don't stop. Don't just do it once or twice a year. Don't just get selectively angry when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame release their inductees, the Grammys release their lack of rock nominees for a rock award. It's a 365-day-a-year gig. Push back. Demand better. If you want to use an example of why we're in the state we are in as a country, it's because we don't demand better politicians. We don't demand that fight for us. We think these people are fighting for us, but after a few months, it's pretty clear where their interests lie. And we want them to be dumber than we are. When when did this start? That's a stupid idea. We don't want politicians that talk like us. Nope. I want a politician that has an intelligence level beyond me, right? I can think of things that I don't think about. Yes. That's what I want. But it's comparable to the music industry. If we keep accepting watered-down talent and watered-down art, the music we listen to is going to continue to fall from grace. So that's my grass grievance of 2023. Jason, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. We'll do this again next year on our annual Festivus of Grievances. But I'm going to start my list starting January 1. Yes. This is the day. This is the episode because we don't really bitch about things in our podcast. No, um, you're very positive. And until Christy's on and you talk about shit like Ticketmaster. Yeah, Christy does get, get me fired up on the music business, but it's well-deserved. But I don't really go into that stuff on the majority of my episodes. But this is be our, our yearly cleansing of the palate, so to speak. So. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed, Jason. Check out his podcast on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Him and Brian do a great job promoting a lot of great new acts, too, as well. Both great Mostly people. Brian. Mostly <laughs> Brian. But two great people doing great things. Check out that. His links will be in the show notes, as always. And uh, thank you again, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad you're on Threads. Th- thanks for joining. I have been on Threads. It just hasn't been desktop available i don't like typing on my phone yeah well that's where i post all my selfies and stuff so there you go all right well as long as they're you know as long as you stop the nude ones that's fine those are only for the dms now <laughs> the creepy DMs. you do a lot of sliding a lot of sliding. So. all right my man happy new year to you Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Everybody out there, take care. Have a great New Year. A positive 2024. I wish every one of you the best. And 
the only way to make change is to be the change. Take care of each other, stay safe, and we will talk soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.